You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, let's move on to some running backs, Steve. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Brees Hall, Alvin Kamara, Travis Etienne, they make up my top five. The order might be slightly different, but do you have any other running back in your top five this week besides those guys? Yeah, so the only one I'm bumping out of your top five for me would be ETN. Um, I just he's been get he's been a stud this year, been an absolute stud, getting two touchdowns. What is it like six straight games? Um, yep. I don't. I think that streak ends this week. I do think it's going to be a tough matchup uh, versus San Francisco. I like Tony Pollard better this week, so I have oh ETN goodness. down it as my RB eight. And I've got Pollard up as my RB5. So dude, that's just kind of where we differ a little bit. Dude, Tony Pollard, man. So, um, I, and I think, you know, this this comes into a lot of the philosophy behind rankings, right? And, and I think it's one of those things where can I bench a player for the player above him, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of how I've been, how I do these rankings it, opposed to, and, and obviously projections do come into play. And if I had to project, I would guess that Tony Pollard, I haven't looked at him. It's not in front of me, but my projections for Tony Pollard would probably be higher than Travis Etienne. And it really comes down to, can I bench someone who's been just absolutely just getting it done all year long, you know, against some tough matchups for somebody who just has been done, has been doing the opposite. Right. And all efficiency metrics are pointing to Tony Pollard, just not being as good as he was last year. And, And it sucks, right? Yards after contact, missed tackles forced. He's just not, he just hasn't been good with the opportunity that he's been given, um, and it sucks. Yeah. This week, yep. and we were just talking about it on, on the show that we just did, where this week is a litmus test for Tony Pollard the rest of the season, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he can't come through this week, then it's going to be a very, very tough situation moving forward, and I would probably try to get out from Tony Pollard if, this, if he can't get it done in this game. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. If he... I think there's zero chance. Well, let's not say zero. I think it would be very hard for Tony Pollard not to produce some decent fantasy points this week. Like, I think he should at least get 15. I'm expecting more than 15. But if he doesn't look good, if it looks like he gets bailed out by a goal line touchdown, you know, and his efficiency metrics look terrible in this one, this could be a get out kind of game after this game after this week um if he doesn't produce this week then he might have missed your opportunity to move on from him but i still you know the the volume is still there for pollard the efficiency is not but um he's top 10 in snap share weighted opportunities targets red zone touches i think he's number two in red zone touches this year among running backs and uh he's fifth in reception so all the things you want him to be getting volume wise are happening for him he's just uh he's not the uh, efficiency monster he was last year which uh you know that was one of those things people questioned was in a full-time role could he be as good and so far he's not he hasn't been injured or anything he hasn't been dinged up but the can he handle the workload efficiency wise uh hasn't hasn't quite lived up to expectations yeah i mean i have david montgomery uh you know ahead of him i have you know uh, i have jonathan taylor joe mixon uh, I want to put Tony Pollard up at six ahead of Jacobs because I do feel like this game will be all about him, right? This, it really comes down to him not being trustworthy this season. He also hasn't looked like himself, right? Four of his last five games under 10 PPR fantasy points. Like, that's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. And he, had his, he had his best fantasy, I like you mentioned, against the Giants earlier in the year. I think this has to be the spot where Tony Pollard comes through for you. And if he can't come through in this game, 
like we mentioned, I think it's time to move on. Um, well, in his his first three matchups of the season were against bad defenses in New York, both New York teams and Arizona, and he did come through for you in those games. And then he hit a little bit of a tougher stretch, had to play San Francisco, the Rams, Philadelphia, which are some tougher ones. He now has like a four-game stretch back to like very, very favorable matchups. So like you said, you, you said this is a litmus test. Um, if he can't come through on these, I, I do think he will. But if he can't, uh, then yeah, maybe it's time to move on. I want to hit on Josh Jacobs against the Jets real quick. Uh, the reason why I have him ranked at six here this week is because number one, I, I don't trust the Jets' offense to score many points. So I think Jacobs can potentially get you know twenty five plus carries in this game. Uh, Antonio Pierce called him the engine of his offense, but he has twenty six carries against the Giants last week. Uh, the Jets are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to running backs this year. Um, so I can mm-hmm. see Jacobs getting a whole lot of carries in this game. You. You stole my show sheet notes. Uh, that's basically <laughs> what I said is even if like the efficiency weren't was not there, he's going to get so much opportunity. Zach Wilson's not going to be able to move the ball. There's going to be a lot of three and outs potentially for the Jets. So like you said, the 27 opportunities that he got last week, he's he's going to get 20. I feel like his floor is 20 opportunities this week. So, yeah, I've got him at I think you said six. I got him at seven right now. Um, so I'm very confident in him this week. Let's talk about Rashad White. I have him as my RB12 this week against Tennessee. The Titans have really let up against running backs this year. They're allowing the 10th most yards per carry. And now the Titans, you know, have allowed the second least receptions to running backs this year per game. But Baker is dialed in on White over the last several games, similar to how he was dialed in uh, to Christian McCaffrey, rightfully so, last year. And now Rashad White is only second behind Alvin Kamara in receptions. He's caught 97% of the targets thrown his way this year, dude. Okay, Mm -hmm. he's first among all qualifying running backs in yards after the catch. And according to Fantasy Life data, only Christian McCaffrey is running a route on more of his quarterback's dropbacks this season than Rashad White. This is exactly what we talked about before the season. He can be inefficient on the ground, but he has a chance to be elite in the receiving game. That's exactly who he was coming out of college, and now we're seeing it play out. Ah, you just keep taking the words out of my mouth. I totally agree. It was, it, it was getting a little frustrating at the f- start of the season because I was, I, I think I have more Rashad White than probably any player in my drafts because he was that <laughs> he was kind of that zero RB running back, um, yeah. model. Like, was he like fifth, sixth round that you could get him in? And I loved the dual threat ability he had uh, in the receiving game. Um, and yeah, he's been he's been amazing. And you just brought up the Titans. They do give up uh, in our uh, adjusted rankings that we do the fewest receptions to running backs. Um, but they did also give up. You just mentioned he's second to Alvin Kamara. They gave up 13 receptions to Alvin Kamara a few weeks ago. Uh, it was now, albeit for only 36 yards. But I don't care <laughs> if I can get, you know, 10 receptions well, from Rashad White. Uh, I'm happy with yeah. it. <laughs> Listen, Alvin Kamara is one of the least efficient running backs, okay? And and Rashad White is is like the most efficient running back in the receiving yeah. game, right, uh, on a per-catch basis. So pretty good, right? Yeah, so I, I, think, I hear that, man. Yeah, other than that one kind of game, that sort of outlier game against uh, New Orleans where they gave up the 13 receptions, I don't believe they've given up more than three to any running back uh, in any other game this season, but – I would I would push the over on that for White. I, I expect at least four to five receptions, yeah. kind of a floor. Um, so he's going to get you at least ten points. With obviously he was RB one last week, twenty eight points. Um, he's got that ceiling now. They they trust him there. He's getting a lot of work. Um, yeah, I got him as my RB thirteen so far this week. 
if I'm not mistaken, he's the overall RB one over the last few weeks, which is kind of yeah. Kind of I think you could be right. Um, yeah. Let me ask you a question, Steve. Who would you rather have rest of season, Derrick Henry or Kenneth Walker? I have Derrick a back to back in my rankings this week <laughs> at thirteen and fourteen. Okay, so so Derrick Henry for you, huh? Yeah, I wanted to say as fast as I could uh, without cutting you <laughs> off, but I I was I, I wasn't able to do it. Um, it's 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 one. I still trust Derrick Henry. I still think he's got got it in him. Uh, he's looked good uh, in the in the games I have seen him play in, uh, and his schedule is just so much better rest of the season. Um, in our rankings, we have him with the fifth easiest schedule moving forward, whereas we have Kenneth Walker with the fifth hardest schedule moving forward. Um, I do, you know, both are kind of in a committee right now as far as snaps go. Um, I still trust Henry a little bit more to go back to like an overall volume role than I do Kenneth Walker. Um, I think that Charbonnet is more of a threat than Tajay Spears. Um, I really like Derrick Henry rest of the season. I actually have him as my RB5 rest of the season. Um, just based on schedule, he gets those two playoff games against the Texans that are kind of an annual win your league kind of matchup that he seems to smash against them every year. So uh, I'm very bullish on Henry moving forward. Yeah, I hear that. I, I don't think the Texans are a um, as good of a matchup as they were over the past mm-hmm. few seasons. I will um, agree with that. But I, I think it's close, though, man. I, and I know that most people, I would say like 75% of people would say that Derrick Henry would be the guy rest of the season. And I would probably tend to agree because of, I think the tiebreaker between these two guys is the schedule, right? But the, like you mentioned, they're very similar situations, right? Ty J. Spears, primary passing down back. He's been out snapping Derrick Henry in several games this year. Uh, I just think Walker is like the more talented, more explosive player at this point. I think the offense is going to get better. Like they went up against the Browns and the Ravens, you know, the last two weeks, you know, in a row. Um, and that mm-hmm. could have us feeling some sort of way, especially because he just didn't come through. Right. Um, I think this can be a get right game for the entire offense against the commanders at home this week. Before the season, we talked about Zach Charbonnet being a real concern for Kenneth Walker. Right. And I think you have to assume that Charbonnet will continue to be more involved moving forward. But, you know, only 31% of the rushing attempts each of the last two weeks for Charbonnet. I'm not sure how much that increases by, um, you know, I don't see a situation where this turns into a 50-50 split in terms of the run game at this point, especially considering how good Walker has been up until that calf injury, right? Like, he was really good up until two weeks ago. I think they limited him. Even two weeks ago with the calf, like, he was really good. I think they just limited him because of that. Uh, And then last week in a negative game script, Charbonnet outsnapped Walker it makes sense, right? Charbonnet has been the two-minute snap guy uh, basically since week two. Uh, he's played that role on long down distance, you know, for several weeks now, so no surprise there. But, you know, Walker, you know, he was getting 86% of the rushing attempts, you know, before the calf injury, right? Uh, like, like that comes – that coming down so drastically after that, like, makes me wonder if this was an injury thing, right? But we'll see, right? I think – this was definitely my concern, like coming into the year, which is why I don't have much of Kenneth Walker on my teams. But like my opinion has changed a little bit from based on what I saw earlier on the year and based on how good Walker has looked. Um, my guess is that Walker moves back into the driver's seat in a significant way pretty soon, as long as he's healthy. Right. I, I think like he had a chest injury, right? Like like that mm-hmm. kept him out of practice on Wednesday. So we'll see what happens there. I would assume that if the calf injury was a thing, he wouldn't be practicing uh in full. Um so we'll so we'll yeah. see what happens moving forward. But I do think that well, 
the pa- there's a little bit of panic over Kenneth Walker, and I think it's a little bit overblown. You know, I don't, I don't know. I may disagree with you a little bit on that, and it's it's not anything to do with necessarily Walker. But you had brought up the two previous matchups that were really difficult, and he's going to run into so many more of those matchups moving forward. He does get Washington this week, which is a good one. Um, but then he gets the Rams, which is a difficult matchup. He gets San Francisco. He gets Dallas, San Francisco again. Then he gets Philadelphia. Then he gets Tennessee, which I do think Tennessee is a little bit tougher for a running back like like Walker a little bit. It's not it's not a smash matchup by any means. That's what concerns me. There is like a five-game, six-game stretch there where it's all bottom bottom of the league matchup. So that's my biggest concern with him. I think he does better in a, in a more positive game script. And I'm a little bit worried about the game script of some of those uh, upcoming games on the schedule. Yeah, no, I can see that. I, I definitely think that the San Francisco matchups, the Philly matchups are definitely like the matchups to, to worry about. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man, you know, even with San Francisco, like there's a couple, there's been a couple of running backs who've been doing okay against them. Like last few week before the buy, like, you know, um, I, I think that I'm leaning more towards the talent and the opportunity of a player like Walker over the the matchups. Um, okay. You know, I, I think I'm somebody who doesn't value matchups as as much as most people. I would say I think I value more over the overall opportunity, talent, that sort of thing over the matchups a little bit more because there's been so many times where these running backs they just come through um, even when the matchup isn't ideal. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Walker is that is that type of player. Now, the, what I, what I would be more concerned with is whether Charbonnet starts moving it. Right, that's mm-hmm. that I would I would I would consider that being a little bit more worrisome than the matchups. You know, if that makes and that's sense. that's also one of those things. I, I think that was something going into uh, right after the draft when I saw you know Charbonnet was one of my favorite running backs out of this draft class when they took him. <laughs> That's part of what worried me is because I was like, well, now they've got two really good running backs in Seattle. Mm-hmm. They don't just have a backup. They have potentially two starting running backs. So I, I wouldn't be all that surprised if we do see this continued split backfield um, moving forward. Right, right. Uh, so Ramondre Stevenson, let's move on to him. He's been way more involved in the receiving game than he's been earlier on in the year. He's averaging five and a half targets over the last four games. He, he has a good matchup against Indy. This week, they've allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks, the fifth most over the course of the season. Um, you know, I like I like Ramondre like a lot more than I did earlier on in the year. Uh, I have a question for you, though, moving on. I have Jameer Gibbs one spot over Bijan Robinson, and this might be a little crazy. Um, a really good matchup for Bijan this week against Arizona. I'm trying to I'm trying my best to avoid all this noise around him this week and rank him properly. Uh, I have them at 18 and 19, respectively, for these two. Um, what, what's really disappointing for me personally is that Bijan, he's running a lot of routes, but he's not being targeted in the receiving game, which makes no sense to me at all. Um, so that, that's part of the reason why I think that um, the floor for Gibbs, like even though we might not know what the exact role is right this week, um, would you consider Bijan, though, a solid RB2 for you this week? I've got him as RB9. <laughs> so oh, wow. I, I I really love this matchup. I know all the, the noise with Bijan, Arthur Smith. I, I, I could look like an idiot after this week having him that high, but the matchup's too good. And and Atlanta's actually only um projected to win. Vegas has them as like a one point favorite. 
So I think this game will be close. If it was, if it was a higher, if they were like, you know, negative four or something, I might think we see more Tyler Algier. My hope is that in a closer game, not like it's happened, but that they use Bijan more in this one. I hope Arthur Smith succumbs to the pressure a little bit. There, there's, I'm using a little narrative and a little gut uh, feeling did on you this. See his, did you see his? Did you hear his uh, six-minute spiel on Tyler Algier yesterday and how good he is and why he's being uh, used over Bijan? I did. I I heard parts <laughs> of it. It's hard to. It's Insane. hard to listen to that. I. I don't know how just, this guy. He was just blabbering on and on. Like it was just he wasn't saying anything of significance in that six minute spiel. It was just a bunch of like he was just like it was just blah blah blah. I was just like, dude, I how is this guy a head coach? Absolutely ridiculous, man. And, and maybe I'm just in Crazy. denial. Maybe maybe I am too slow to come around on this. But no, it, it, I, I will say so. if the matchup if the matchup wasn't so good, Arizona giving up. Now here's the thing. I think both those running backs could have a really good week. I think Bijan could still finish as a top, t- you know, an RB1 this week with a split yes. backfield this week because the matchup is so good. Arizona giving 100%. up the most, most touches to the running back position. They're giving up the, I think I've got the third most fantasy points in our rankings. So yep. it's just too good of a matchup. I, I'm really bullish on, on, uh, on, I guess I could say both of these running backs this week. Now, if you're going to buy Bijan, I think the time to buy him is right now. Um, right before, yes, 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 yes. Right before this game, while the narrative is all about you know him not getting touches, people are getting frustrated, and the news cycle frustrating them even more. They want to get out from from the situation. Like, go buy Bijan right now. Like, I think he oh, can yeah. have a really, really good, you know, rest of season. Okay. No, I, um, I completely agree. I think that this uh, offensive line is going to have their way with the Cardinals' defensive line as well. I don't think they stand a chance. There you go. Um, just to round out some running backs real quick, it's possible we see a little bit of an uptick in work for Alexander Madison, and it's also possible they start using Ty, Ty Chandler to comp, uh, compliment him. We'll see. Uh, he's like a borderline RB2 for me. Uh, who are you starting? Now, I was going to ask you who you're going to start between Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert, but it looks like uh, the only choice here is Deontay Foreman uh, because mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert is not expected to play tonight. Okay, so let's yep. move on from that. Um, just a few streaming running backs. Like, you know, I think, you know, we talked about you know the match of being so good for Bijan. I think Tyler Algiers definitely startable this week against the Cardinals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Keaton Mitchell against Cleveland, like a lot of people picked him up this week. I think you can flex him. Kind of a boom bust play. Tough matchup on the ground last week against Seattle. You know for the Ravens, but boy, it did not matter at all for you know both him and you know these the yards per carry was insane for both Keaton Mitchell and for um, for Gus Edwards as well. And of course, Justice Hill couldn't keep can keep that going um but yeah man like are are there any other streaming running backs like you know rb3s flex guys that you want to highlight this week um you know i think brian robinson you know i think he could come through now i don't love that i'd like this game better if it was at home uh versus on the road but he did come through you know against new england last week decently you mentioned you mentioned algier um i like him this week i think even charbonnet is kind of a deeper throw because okay. I do like both Seattle running backs this week. I think he could he could have a decent game. Um, if you want to keep going deeper, I like Zach Moss just because I like both. I, I like the the running backs matchup versus New England. Um, yeah, so those uh, – trying to think if there's anyone else I, I would really well, – Well, you know, one interesting thing about Brian Robinson over the last two weeks, 
uh, over 70% of the rushing attempts, which is not something that we saw before that. Chris Rodriguez was involved. That experiment, you know, didn't go so well. So I guess he's been relegated. Um, so it's been just him and Antonio Gibson pretty much. But there's a chance that we see a big game from Brian Robinson, similar to the couple of the big games that we saw earlier on the year uh, because of the fact that, you know, he is getting way more of the rushing share than he was getting. The last time he saw that type of rushing share, um, if I quickly can change against, tabs to look Denver. at it. <laughs> yeah. um, the last time he, he had 100% of the rushing attempts in week five. Was that Denver? Um, nah, I don't but know since, if that was Denver. But but since then, 48%, 44%. It hasn't been good. Earlier on yeah. in the year, it was 72%, 86%. Now he's kind of back uh, over yeah. 70%, which is, which is definitely a place where you feel much more comfortable starting him. By the way, you, know, you, you mentioned Zach Moss. Jonathan Taylor... He on the low, like he moved into a little bit of a workhorse role. Yeah. Um. You know, in in the last game, like it was a little bit disappointing. You would expect a bigger game, uh, you know, against Carolina, but Jonathan Taylor, man, seventy five percent of snaps, sixty two percent of the rushing attempts, seventy five percent route participation, which is absolutely wow. bonkers. Um. Yeah. That's what you want to see for Jonathan yeah. Taylor moving forward. He's a little bit of a sneaky buy low as well. Could give you could be an RB one rest of the season. Yeah, no, no, I like that take. You you had brought up uh, Chris Rodriguez for Washington. You know, he had that. There was that worry with the split a couple weeks ago that you brought up with Brian Robinson. Yeah. I never tried harder. I actually had Chris Rodriguez on a dynasty team. <laughs> I tried so hard that week to move him. Like, it is, he didn't even have fantasy points. He just had like seven <laughs> rushing attempts. And I was like, to, to the Brian Robinson owner in that league, I was just like trying to get anything I could and, and was – that's so uh, to, to, I, I, to no avail to no avail and now he's he's dying on my bench on my roster i saw chris rodriguez at the senior bowl um he did not impress me at all so i'm with you <laughs> no, I, I would have been trying to do the same um yeah by the way underclassmen now can 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 be in the, can can join the senior bowl this year uh well in january oh, yeah what is it? That, i forgot it's about February, that yeah. so what are they gonna do they rename it cool. Do they rename it? <laughs> That's the question. But yeah. I, I don't think so. I think this is going to be called the Senior Bowl. They can play in the Senior Bowl. They can play in the Shrine Bowl. Um, so it's going to be super interesting. Uh, it's going to be way yeah. more fun now. A lot more, oh, a lot yeah. more better players. It's going to be Oh, so yeah, because it, it, it used to be just like here's some – I mean, there were some biggish names. Like didn't Najee go a few years ago? Like Yeah, I, I mean, like Christian they're, Watson they're, was there. Mm-hmm. You know, Trey McBride was there that same year. L- last year, there was a bunch of, bunch of like fantasy-relevant players like – uh, Tank Dell was there um, yeah. this past season. Uh, There's a yep. bunch of guys. Michael Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I believe you Great. told me he sh- he showed up for like one day, and then was like, no, that looked was, very good. That was, no, no, no. That was Puka. That was Puka. Puka was one day. Oh, was it Puka? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was Tank. And he, and All right. He did so, and he, and he did so well that you know I guess they pulled him. That's oh, really okay. Right. Well, I'm gonna have to make it this year, Froz. I'm I'm ex- dude, especially if they're opening you have it up, to. dude. We're yeah. actually thinking about doing like a like a getting a, a huge Airbnb and just having like a like a content house or something with these guys here. So please let me I'm, know I'm, if, if there's when room. I say these guys, if I sound different, it's because I'm in a like a hallway pretty much like at the game day <laughs> NFL. Uh, I did a, did a little show with with the caps off guys, um, but yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this episode, Steve. Um, again, 
the rest of my rankings, upperhandfantasy.com. You can go check it out there. Steve, I appreciate you so much. And yeah. uh, Steve's going to be, uh, you know, unless this, unless Steve really did not enjoy this show today, I'll talk to him afterwards. Um, he's going to be on a <laughs> no, Thursday. I, <laughs> I, I can tell you, you don't have to talk to me afterwards, but you can talk to me afterwards if you think I didn't, you know, improve the show or even add to it. If, if, because you I, were I saying a lot people, of. Th- <laughs> I think most people agree that this is way better, way better. (laughs) Yeah, because we're on the same page in a lot of stuff, right? So that's what it is. Um, Cool. Uh, No, thank you. Thanks again, Really appreciate it. Anytime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Take it easy. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 